Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Grammar Girl here. A reader on Twitter who goes by CB asked me to do a show about comma splices. She says they're everywhere, they're rampant, and she's tired of seeing them. So here we go. First, we have to figure out what a comma splice is. Maybe you've never even heard of the problem. It sometimes also goes by the name comma fault or comma error, but I think comma splice makes the most sense because the problem is using a comma to splice together things that the comma wasn't meant to splice or join. For example, an independent clause is something that could stand on its own. Essentially, it's a sentence. Here's an example. Aardvark enjoys fishing. If you want to splice together two independent clauses, you aren't supposed to use a comma. It's not strong enough. Doing so is the error called a comma splice. Aardvark enjoys fishing, comma. Squiggly chooses a different lake for their vacation every year. That's a comma splice error because the comma is joining two independent clauses. If you want to join two independent clauses, you can use a semicolon. Aardvark enjoys fishing, semicolon. Squiggly chooses a different length for their vacation every year. Or you can use commas and conjunctions. Aardvark enjoys fishing, comma. So Squiggly chooses a different length for their vacation every year. Or you can add a subordinating conjunction and turn one of the clauses into a dependent clause, and then use a comma between them. Since Aardvark enjoys fishing, comma, Squiggly chooses a different lake for their vacation every year. Or you can just use a period and keep them as separate independent clauses. Aardvark enjoys fishing, period. Squiggly chooses a different lake for their vacation every year. You aren't supposed to use a comma to join them. Joining two independent clauses with a comma is called a comma splice, and that's usually considered an error. The examples I just gave are the simple kind of sentences you'll see in most explanations about comma splices. But because they're so simple, they don't show you the whole problem. I was pondering why people have so much trouble identifying comma splices when I started browsing through a new book that had just arrived in the mail. Penguin sent me a copy of Brooks Landon's Building Great Sentences, and it had a short, half-page section that answered the question perfectly. He points out that it's exceedingly common for authors to put a phrase after a comma. And that's not an error. It's good writing style. A phrase is fine after a comma, but a lone clause is not. 
and many people, even English majors, don't know the difference between a phrase and a clause. A clause can stand alone as a sentence, and a phrase can't. Here are examples of phrases from books I had around my house that appropriately come after an independent clause and a comma. This is from *A Memory of Light* by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. It had started raining again, comma, fat drops hitting the window like pebbles. And this one is from *Divergent* by Veronica Roth. It crouches low and creeps toward me, comma, its lips peeling back from its white teeth. Those parts that come after the comma are all phrases, participial phrases to be exact, because they contain a participle, which is something that looks a lot like a verb but isn't. The important thing to note is that none of those phrases can stand alone as a sentence. Listen to them again, just the phrases: fat drops hitting the window like pebbles, its lips peeling back from its white teeth. Those shouldn't sound like sentences to you. They would be sentences if you replaced the participle with a real verb. Fat droplets hit the window like pebbles instead of hitting the window, for example. But they aren't sentences or independent clauses the way they're written. Even though they look a lot like sentences, they're actually phrases, which means they're allowed to follow a clause and a comma. No comma splices here. So confusing participial phrases with clauses is one reason you might be creating comma splices. Another reason could be appositives. You're also probably used to seeing appositives after commas, and a positive is a noun or noun phrase that's placed next to another noun or noun phrase to help identify it. Here are two examples. This one's from Inkhart by Cornelia Funk. It always took him a few moments to find his way out of that other world, comma. The labyrinth of printed letters. The labyrinth of printed letters is a noun phrase that tells you more about that other world. It's in a positive. And another one from *Divergent* by Veronica Roth. My curiosity is a mistake, comma, a betrayal of abnegation values. A betrayal of abnegation values is a noun phrase that tells you what the mistake was. Again, the important distinction is that the appositives after the comma couldn't stand alone as sentences by themselves; they're weak enough to be joined to the main clause by a comma. Remember this rule: if you have a main clause, something that can stand alone as a sentence, and you put a comma after it, what comes after that comma should not be able to also stand alone as its own sentence. If it can, you've created a comma splice. Finally, you could be confused about comma splices because there are a ton of exceptions to the rule. You'll see many, many examples of comma splices in published literature. For example, edited literature, famous literature. In her book *Eats, Shoots, and Leaves*, Lynn Truss says, "Quote: So many highly respected writers adopt the splice comma." That a rather unfair rule emerges on this one. Only do it if you're famous. Unquote. She goes on to name Samuel Beckett, E.M. Forster, and Somerset Maugham as famous splicers. Language blogger Stan Carey has compiled on his site an almost overwhelmingly long list of comma splices from authors whose names you'd recognize. Further, quite a few usage guides allow comma splices in some situations, making it almost a style choice. For example, the Elements of Style says, quote, 
a comma is preferable when the clauses are very short and alike in form, or when the tone of the sentence is easy and conversational, unquote. Their example is, man proposes, comma, God disposes. This rule would also cover the famous sentence, I came, comma, I saw, comma, I conquered. I learned from Johnny McIntyre's blog that this type of construction can even be considered a rhetorical device, a figure of speech called a syndeton. Usage writers Barbara Walraff and Brian Garner also both allow comma splices in similar situations. And the new Fowler's Modern English Usage doesn't outright approve of comma splices, but notes that they're common in both old and new literature. Further, Walraff, in her book Word Court, adds the less commonly seen but I think reasonable suggestion that a comma can be used to join independent clauses when, quote, the whole point of the two clauses is to contrast negative and affirmative assertions, unquote. To me, this is consistent with other instances in which you're allowed to use a comma to show contrast. Her example sentence is, it's not a comet, comma, it's a meteor. And it made me feel better about one of the sentences CB submitted as an example of a comma splice she'd seen online. The example was, the editor and I don't argue, comma, we discuss. It didn't annoy me, and I felt like it was an appropriate use of a comma, but at first I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized that it fit the comma for contrast rule. If I came across that sentence, I wouldn't mark it wrong. But CB would, and it does fit the simple definition of a comma splice. And that's the funny and frustrating thing about comma splices and many topics in English usage. Once you start digging, the rules aren't as black and white as you thought, and they can hinge on subjective points such as what's informal or what's short enough or what's enough contrast. My quick and dirty tip is to learn to recognize basic comma splices and avoid them. But the more nuanced answer is that when you're presented with a sentence that might be allowable under all the comma splice exceptions out there, think about the risks you're willing to take. Does it matter to you whether some people will think you've made a mistake? Could you get in trouble if people think you've made a mistake? Or do you feel strongly that your sentence needs a comma instead of some other punctuation? Or even that taking out the comma will change the meaning of the sentence? Weigh the benefits and risks, and if you're comfortable with the balance, you can use a comma splice when it makes your writing better. This week I also have a web bonus for you at quickanddirtytips.com. On the transcript of this podcast, I have a lot more examples of sentences that have phrases instead of clauses after an independent clause, the kind of sentences that people can find confusing. So check it out. I'm Mignon Fogarty, author of the New York Times bestseller, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. That's all. Thanks for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. 
sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.